1: up everybody and welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Jonas. This is episode 103 and we've got a special guest on our uh, on our line ready to kind of accept this challenge of a two-minute brainbuster quiz, talk everything NXT and AEW Dynamite and NXT TakeOver Portland Predictions. But uh, a lot to cover in this episode. It's going to be a really, really fun episode and we've also got your listener questions towards the back end of this episode as well. But I want to introduce, uh, he's been on the podcast a couple of times before, um, he's a good friend of The uh, uh, Wrestling with John's Facebook community page, a good friend of mine, been to a couple of wrestling shows with him. But Ashley Clements, welcome back to the Wrestling with John's podcast. Good afternoon. How are you?
0: Afternoon, uh, John. It's good to be back. Uh, Looking forward to dive into uh, the week of wrestling and also look forward to the takeover card on Sunday.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's a really, really stacked card, um, and I think there's six matches that's been announced. I don't think any of them have been officially announced as kickoff matches yet, because usually they just have yeah, yeah. five matches on the main show, but uh, um, I think they might have had six for Worlds Collide back last month, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if they're going to announce a kickoff match separately over the weekend before the show itself, or whether one of the matches does get bumped, but uh, looking at the card, and we'll talk more about it later, they're all six very strong matches, uh, and neither of them deserve to To kind of drop into the kickoff but uh, we shall see and we'll talk more about that later on and of course you're going to be experiencing the the two minute brain buster quiz quiz ashley I, i i've been looking forward to getting you on board to uh test your knowledge um you know Kieran Reed he kind of uh you know shouts you gives you uh you know the rub really and, and kind of puts you over as being the, the quiz master and uh, I can't wait to test your knowledge uh, on all things wrestling a little bit later on there's a little bit from WWE NXT AEW maybe a little bit of NWA and New Japan thrown in there as well uh but I know New Japan is not your strongest subject they're not there to throw you out, but uh, I've got to kind of spread it across the brand. So, uh, uh, how are you feeling about the, the brain buster quiz a bit later, Ash? Um,
0: a little bit mixed emotions. It's obviously it's up <laughs> time constraint thing. It's like putting you under pressure. It's like trying not to like train too often. Just yeah, it's, it's, it's just like trying not to look at the time. Like it's like a couple kind of worst things. Like you trying to think to yourself and not trying to rush into it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, my advice for that uh, to anybody that's taking it before you just take a second to think about the question think about your answer don't kind of uh give you an off the cuff uh, answer to that but uh, 20 of the questions but uh, yeah, give yourself an extra th- second to think about the right answer and then uh, we'll, we'll kind of uh, race through as many questions as we can in two minutes and of course the record is held by uh, Grizz, he was the very first uh, very first uh, person that took on the, the Brain Buster Quiz, we've had a few but we'll go through the leaderboard a bit later, can't wait to talk more uh, about the Brain Buster Quiz with Ashley a bit later on at the very end of the show, uh, but uh, Ashley I know that you're always on the road, I know you You always kind of uh, go into wrestling shows, indie shows around the UK. You're not afraid to kind of put in the miles to kind of see your favourite indie promotions. Uh, What sort of uh, shows have you been to? What sort of promotions have you followed recently in the last few weeks? Um, (laughs) I I know Progress is a big favourite of yours. Have you been to see Progress in the recent weeks?
0: So I was at Progress last month on, when was it? It was a week before Rumble. So it's August, August, January the 19th. So that's when Karl Noir was crowned the new champion. Yeah. That, was, that, that was probably one of the loudest, biggest pop I've heard at an independent show. Because you think, with oh, the affiliations in WWE, you wouldn't think a non-WWE talent would win that title. Yeah. But when he did, the pop was just unreal.
1: Yeah. And uh, like I so say, you always post pictures on your Facebook page, um, kind of you're an avid um, kind of photographer when it comes to kind of capturing your moments, your favourite moments at these wrestling shows. And uh, uh, like I say, lots of big happenings on the indie scene at the moment. What what, what what's kind of floating your boat? What's really you know uh, exciting you at the moment about current wrestling, the current wrestling products, whether it be mainstream or independent? Anything really kind of capturing your imagination, really doing it for you at the moment, Ashley?
0: Um, when I go to wrestling shows, man, at the moment is trying to see new talent. Company, yeah. Trying to catch my eyes, trying to impress me, and try to go see more of them as well across the country.
1: Yeah, new talent most definitely and there's, there's a lot of really exciting fresh talent out there that's really you know, capturing everybody's imagination I suppose Progress do a good job of promoting that young fresh talent, especially uh, with their uh, their it, their, um, their show they run every summer uh, uh, is Natural Progression, progression Series, yeah. that's the one so, Natural Progression Series, but uh, I know that I mean that's highlighted quite a few big stars like Scotty Davis uh, MJ, uh, M.O. Uh, the likes of uh, Cara Noir as well um, and Gene Money have, have all been kind of like elevated because of their appearance in a progress we at uh, NPS certainly last mm. year. But um, any other kind of fresh talents, new talents that you've got your eye on that you think could be big stars on the indie scene or maybe possibly 2 UK in the future?
0: Yeah. Um. There are quite a few, but it's like early days of them because you want them to develop. Because then there's a, there's a few that have like who've been on NXT UK who dropped out because of their age, like the likes of Dan Maloney and McKenzie, They dropped from that because they want to pursue their career a bit more. Developers, yeah. uh, develop better, then go back to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I was a big fan of uh, uh, Millie McKenzie, especially when she was um, doing more things with Progress and popping up in NXT UK. And uh, I I would like to see more of her in the future, definitely. And uh, Dan Maloney is another really exciting talent. Um, But uh, yeah, he he kind of he's just bubbling under at the moment. And I think, you know, maybe this year could be his year. But um, before we start talking about AEW... I just want to throw out my uh, one and only plug that I like to do every single week. And that's to encourage my listeners and everybody uh, to go and visit uh, the wrestling with John's webpage, wrestling with So go and visit wrestling with com. You've got the full archive of all of our previous podcasts all 102 of them, uh, including this one here. Episode 103, uh, a special tablet the top there. If you're interested in wrestling interviews, go and uh, click on that to hear our previous interviews with the likes of, uh, with, with the likes of Sean um, Sean Custom, Big effing Joe, C.J. Carter, and so many more. Uh, so go and check that out links to um, all of our news articles and exclusive articles from our team of writers and of course you can go and check out the Wrestling With jonas merchandise just go to our WrestlingWithJonners.com webpage uh, for everything Wrestling With jonas all under one roof and uh, it's a really really good website uh, it's been kind of praised and given a lot of positive feedback from those that have gone and visited there but you can check out more importantly uh, our full archive of podcasts that's wrestlingwithjonas.com and of course all of our social media links Links are up there as well. So if you want to uh, search us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, there's the buttons at the top of the page. You just click on the, uh, the links and take you straight to our social media. So, uh, Ashley, this week's AEW Dynamite, another really solid show. Of course, they're kind of gearing up to their pay-per-view at the end of the month, the 29th of February, uh, AEW Revolution. And uh, some of the matches are, are kind of really coming together now. The build and some of the storylines are really, really good. Um, we're going to talk some of the highlights from this week's AEW Dynamite. And um, uh, some, some of the, the first big talking point I want to talk about is Nyla Rose. So she obviously had... Uh, a championship match against um, Ryu, who going into the match was the AEW women's champion. And um, Nyla Rose won the match. She, she won the match uh, firstly by hitting a, quite a devastating spear and then a sit-out powerbomb mm-hmm. to pin uh, Ryu. And uh, it was a really good match. I thought the fans were into it. I really enjoyed it. It was good to see Ryu back on uh, awtv TV because I think one of my criticisms of Ryu as a champion was that I think she only defended the title about three or four times in her entire uh, championship reign and she was a champion that was kind of not on TV very much and when she was... You know, although she ended up on the winning end most of the time, she didn't really demonstrate much of a character. So the women's division, I think, has suffered because of that. But uh, Nyla Rose going over, um, I've been a big fan of Nyla Rose. I like, um, you know, I like her character. I like. Presence. I think she's, uh, you know, a, a good uh, big woman in the ring. Uh, really enjoy what she does. Certainly, kind of from the, the power and the size standpoint. And uh, I think she's got really good chemistry with Rio as well. And I know that it was um, Nyla Rose and Rio have gone head to head in competition before. Um, but uh, this was, yeah, definitely Nyla's night, her moment. She won the match, like I say, with that sit out power bomb. Now I'm really really happy. I think that it's going to add a bit more. Character to the division, and um, potentially could set up a nice little rematch between Nyla Rose and Rio in the future. But I'd like to see Nyla Rose versus Chris Chris Statlander. I think that's the kind of the the money match in the AEW Women's Division. But um, th- there's been a lot of talk following Nyla Rose's win about obviously Nyla being a, a, a transgender individual. Um, a lot of people are saying that she shouldn't have won a uh, women's championship in a major comp- a major promotion like AEW because she was previously a man but you know she, she is transgender she's identifies as a woman um and uh i i consider her a female competitor um there's a lot of kind of you know hate and a lot of bigotry out there on social media towards Nyla Rose which I don't think is very fair or uh, very justifiable Um, but I'm really pleased for Nyla Rose I'm glad that she's the new champion there was a little segment after the match where she goes backstage and there's some of the other competitors in the women's division standing around looking you know unhappy at the outcome, arms folded uh, across their chest, not really prepared to congratulate Nyla. Uh, there was Kenny Omega there as well. Nyla was saying, where's the bubbly? Where's the party for the new champion? Chris Jericho got a party, um, but uh, nothing for Nyla. I felt quite sorry for it, to be honest with you. But uh, Ashley, give us your thoughts on on the match, the outcome of the match. Nyla Rose as the new champion and having kind of, um, a transgender individual as a, as a women's champion in a, in a major, major promotion such as AEW. It's got a lot of people talking out there.
0: So the match to start off with, I enjoyed it. I felt it's probably one of the best women's matches I've had so far in AEW. Agreed. The chemistry of yeah. the, 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 the two had, obviously the last time they went up one-on-one one was obviously to crown first champion yeah. back on the first episode of AEW. Like. Um, it was just it's just a different ways to take the division forward because, as you say, with Rhea, she was literally on and off TV. She, was, I don't want to say, she was kind of like a blocklet. The character was like, she'll be be there some some weeks, then she won't. She'll be gone for say a month because towards say the back end of the last year, okay. she wasn't prominent on TV. I think after full gear she was i think she might have been on one or two but yeah we we've,
1: seen right of, we've seen a lot of
0: we've seen a lot of brit
1: baker and other competitors yeah. like that maybe a little bit of statlander towards the end of last year but not you know i can't remember too many occasions where ryu's been a a regular feature on a dynamite but yeah. um but yeah carry on yeah
0: not even like 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 competing matches like have a like a backstage or like do a little like st- like a story build about her about her career how she got into the business. If like yes. if an avid fans just tune into the product, do something around that if you not don't know who this person is. Er uh, No one's not as a champion. I think it's a good thing. For her good because it can go forward, which you can see her every go on T V every week now. Yes. Um looking at her she can go up against so it's quite fast well, slim, fast roster at the moment, but you can bring in challenges where she can go up against and utilise her strengths.
1: Yeah. Yeah, There, there does seem to be Quite a few um, heels within the women's division on AEW. I mean, you've got the likes of Britt Baker, who's just turned heel, um, and, and, and several others. Um, I mean, Brandy Rose. I don't know whether she's a heel or a face nowadays. But uh, and, and uh, Autumn Kong. Yeah. She, she seems yeah. to have disappeared from the AEW women's division. Uh, yeah. But Chris Statlander is the one that I want to see uh, as like a major challenger to Nyla Rose in the future. And I, I think those two can have a hell of a battle. I mean, Chris Statlander is yeah. a, a great athlete. Um, Nyla Rose we, we've obviously seen what she can do in the ring a big kind of powerful woman in the ring some yeah. devastating moves and that's kind of the money match in my opinion is that a match that uh,
0: does anything for you Ash? Yeah I could see it possibly being a good contender for the next pay-per-view revolution but it's obviously give it a give, short time for the build of a match up for the pay-per-view but it's obviously if you can snap this quick enough you can get a big rightly build up for it
1: yeah yeah, and Chris Statlander was one of the uh, female competitors that were stood backstage as well, including uh, uh, Britt Baker. And uh, Big Swall and one or two others uh, that I mentioned earlier. But um, mm. uh, what about the, the kind of uh, dare I say it controversy? You know, a lot of people are talking about Nyla Rose being transgender. Do you think that really matters? Do you think it does give her an unfair advantage? And um, you know, although it's a talking point, is it is it well? It, I mean, it's obviously not affected her booking because they've obviously made her a champion. Mm. But uh, does it affect the women's division in your eyes?
0: it's a hard one to say it's kind of like 50-50 picking but when I look at it like back years ago like the early 2000s late 90s when you had China be the first woman to hold a men's title in WWE True it's like you can't like you're saying this about this now but you look back years ago when it happens like when China came in the critical champion it's like it seems you would have thought a woman would win a main a men's title I mean you've got today we've got Tessa Blanchard as Impact World Champion Exactly it's like you can't really contradict yourself it's the, it's happened in the past and it's still happening today you can't literally pick and choose of who you want as champion or not
1: yeah yeah so uh, I, I don't think it, you know a lot of people I think that might be a little bit phobic towards you know uh, that community uh, I think are the ones that are making the most amount of noise but I think when you take Nola Rose, as an individual, as a performer, um, I think she's definitely deserving to be the AW Women's Champion. I'm really, really pleased for her. Like I say, I like her gimmick. I like her character. I like what she can do in the ring. And uh, already, it's kind of lifted and elevated the AW Women's Division, in my opinion. I think it's definitely a lot more interesting than when Ryu was the champion. I think some, some of my listeners might disagree with that, but uh, I didn't think she was particularly charismatic or interesting as a champion. I thought... She, what I did like about Rhea as a champion was that she did uh, kind of, uh, you know, with her size disadvantage, it did kind of add to the drama of the match, especially when she was getting, you know, um, kind of beaten down by the, her bigger opponents. Um, and I did think that that helped to bring the crowd into the matches as well. So that's kind of one good thing I'd say about Rhea. She certainly knew how to kind of uh, <laughs> deliver as far as, Bring in, you know, bringing the fans into the match, you could say. Uh, but I think otherwise. Look, and you brought up a really good point. Was I don't think AEW have done a very good job at um, giving us, uh, telling us more about Ryu as an individual, building her character, telling us about her past or her background. There's not been enough vignettes done, especially when she's not on screen all that much. I think you need to do more behind the scenes stuff about your champion so that, uh, you know, the more casual fans or people just kind of tuning into AEW for the first time know about your champion. And as you also said, I think we're going to see a lot more of Nyla Rose on weekly TV. So that will certainly help. But um, a good uh, match, a new champion. And uh, yeah, I- regarding Revolution, like you say, there's not enough time possibly to build a new contender. So we might see a rematch between Rio and Nyla Rose, which I'll, I'll be I'll be absolutely fine with if they kind of carry on where they left off from Wednesday night. I think that'll be an awesome match. But they've got a couple of weeks. They might be able to introduce uh, a new contender. Um, but uh, it, it could also turn out to be a, a multi-woman match as well if they do anything at Revolution with the amount of people that were stood backstage. You could possibly throw in... Big swallow in there. You could throw in Chris Statlander, you could throw in Britt Baker. Um could be a multi-woman match, and I think that would be very, very good also. But uh keep the championship on nyla Rose for a little while, let her kind of develop as a champion, let her establish herself as a champion and establish the championship a little bit more as well. But um I'm interested to see where that one goes, definitely. Uh we 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 had a, a pretty decent match to kick off this week's AEW Dynamite between Kenny Omega. Hangman Adam Page, the current AEW Tag Team Champions, World Tag Team Champions, going up against former champions, SCU Scorpius Guy, Frankie Kazarian. Of course, the last time these two met was on um, the, the good chip Jericho, the Norwegian Pearl out in the uh, Atlantic, um, and uh, that was where Kenny Omega and Hangman Page actually won the World Tag Team Championships over SCU this, so this was a rematch from the Rock and Wrestle Rager at sea Part Um This was a really fun match. Ash uh, really enjoyed this one. The fans were really into it as well. Like I say, it was the first match, a hot way to kick off the show. Uh, there was lots of back and forth action between both teams. However, the, the tag team champions of Omega and Page they successfully defended their titles, finishing the match with a with like a buckshot lariat v. Trigger combo uh, in Kazarian after 16 minutes. So after the match, we had the Dark Order. They come down. The best friends come down. Angelico and uh, Angelico and uh, Jack Evans, the Young Bucks, um, and uh, the Butcher and the Blade. And I think there's going to be like a tag team battle royal next week to see who the new number one contenders mm. to Paige and Omega's title will be at Revolution. Um, but you, you mentioned, we spoke off air briefly about this. And um, I think you said that the Lucha Brothers are going to be taking on Omega and Page next week for the championships. So this will be back-to-back weeks where the tag team title is being defended. Uh, but you're saying that it won't necessarily be omega and page defending their titles at revolution it could be the lucha brothers but give us your thoughts on what went down here uh the aftermath with all the teams coming down promoting the tag team battle for next week your thoughts about next week and maybe a little bit further on to revolution
0: uh the matching overall i enjoyed very well it's like it was a bit of a slow burn to start off with but as soon yeah. as you got going it built built up very well Especially t- t- towards the end, so he said there'd been the, the double team move, the buckshot lowering, and the feed It was just like Prusil, it looked like it knocked Kazarian out. It's so, yeah. like the way he was yeah. like, hugging the bottom rope after his match, it looked like he was literally not, not the clean out. Um, then the aftermath, it was like it's a good way to build up for the. It's, it's a normal common trait that WWE do with the Royal Rumble, last go home show. You always have the multi men coming to the ring and you haven't been pulled apart for just to build up for the pay per view. Yeah. So this is what
1: they're doing for next week as well. Yeah. And uh, I would say next week, we've got uh, Paige and Omega going up against uh, the Lucha Brothers. I think I'm right in saying that. And the number one contenders tag team, Battle Royal. Now, my thoughts about this was that I'm, I'm thinking the young, young Bucks could possibly win the Battle Royal and go on to face Omega and Paige at Revolution. But you, you, you've you kind of got a slightly different opinion. You think that the Lucha Brothers might um, might possibly go uh, grab the tag team gold before Revolution and might be defending it against the winner of the Battle Royal um, at the end of the month but um, what's your kind of predictions I mean the tag team scene in general I think has always been quite strong in AEW um, but uh, give us your thoughts on kind of who might be facing whom at Revolution then
0: Ash So I think potentially might have a similar scene to what had last week with Adam Page that he will be away where he thinks he will be able to finish off the match but he was like he would get cornered off and get literally taken out by uh, both luchas and cost him and Omega the titles. Where you could obviously start to think as well, week after you've got Pack versus Omega, where he could also cost pay, uh, pa- Omega his matches, gets Packed, the deciding fall, which could set up the heel turns, to leads to a match for a revolution.
1: Uh, you've got it all thought out, you've got it all thought out, and. Uh... Yeah, you you, you and uh, Kieran, your fantasy booking is always pretty damn spot on. So well, that sounds pretty good. So we've got a couple of good scenarios there that might follow through. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, either way, I think the, what, Paige and his kind of the drinking angle, I think is going to uh, affect... His tag team relationship with Kenny Omega that will eventually lose them the titles, whether it next week against the Lucha Brothers or on the 29th uh, at Revolution against the winner of the Battle Royal. Um, I'm predicting the Young Bucks to win uh, the Battle Royal. So I think the Young Bucks will be in that match uh, against either Omega. And Page or the Lucha Brothers. But I like your kind of fantasy booking with, you know, um, yeah, Page kind of costing them the championship next week, possibly getting involved in Kenny Omega's match with uh, Pac the week after the 30 man Ironman match. So, uh, yeah, that's really, really cool. But um, um, we had a match between MJF and Jungle Boy as well, Ash, on this week's AEW Dynamite. Uh, They mentioned on commentary that Jungle Boy is only 22 years old, MJF is only 23 years old. Clearly, you know, these, are, you know, future headliners of AEW, the brand. And obviously, MJF is possibly, you know, up there as the top one or two heels in the company at the moment. Uh, this was a really fun match between a, a beloved babyface in Jungle Boy and a, and a dickish heel in MJF. Um, and towards the end of the match, we see Wardlow come back to the ring. He obviously went backstage before the, the bell rang, came back before the end of the match. He handed over MJF's uh, diamond dozen championship ring over to MJF. MJF then blasts Jungle Boy with the uh, the loaded punch, uh, using the ring, of course, hooking the leg, getting the pin over Jungle Boy. This was a really fun match. Um, and uh, yeah, the fans were really into it. I really enjoyed it. It's a great story that they told throughout this match between, as I said, you know, uh, possibly the future prospects, the two best future prospects AEW has for the next Two, three, four, five years. Jungle Boy could be the, the the face of the company going forward. I think he's definitely a future AEW champion, in my opinion. And the same for MJF, like I say, possibly the biggest heel in AEW at the moment. Um, you can't help but be impressed by these two and how they've come a really long way in AEW in such a short space of time uh, what's your thoughts on, on, on the match and give us your thoughts on these two individuals Jungle Boy and MJF um, And you know, are you big fans are you as big a fans of Jungle Boy and MJF as I have and do you think that their future is as bright as I think it is
0: I'm a fan of both of them both the guys and I do see them being top talents in the next few years I could see yeah. MJF definitely being champion but not straight away I'll say possibly in a year or two time if he's got some kind of clause with his ring where he gets a title shot which he can cash in at any time that's a good way for him to become champion
1: yeah we, we've, we've never fully established what uh, privileges the ring mm. uh, the, the, the diamond dozen ring as what advantages it has to the champion. I don't think that's been fully fleshed out, but one of them might be oh, yeah. that he gets a championship match within the year, because I think mm. it's going to be an annual event, isn't it? The, the Diamond Dozen Battle yeah. Royal. Um, but um, yeah, interesting. Interesting. Your thoughts on Jungle Boy as well?
0: Uh, he's a lovely, fresh, like, young talent, obviously, being the son of being Luke Perry. literally, obviously, he's grown up from that kind of back- background where he was known as just Luke Perry's son. But now yeah. he's tired of preceptors, he's away from that and wants to build his own career about himself. It's, literally a, good st- it's literally a good story. It's obviously, to the very of the time, he can be another champion. He can be potential tag champions with either Luchasaurus or Marco Stump in the future, yeah. but it's literally just building him up. In a few years' time, he can be definitely a contender for world championship in the, fu- in the near future, definitely.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think his match with Jericho... Um, just before Christmas or just before the the new year was was really, really good, where they gave Jungle Boy 10 minutes to kind of last the the 10 minutes to kind of stand the test of time with Chris Jericho to see if he can survive the the 10 minutes with Le Champion, which he did. And I think that kind of sets him up nicely for the future. But I, I agree with you. I think the possibly tag team gold might be um, you know, the first bit of silverware that Jungle Boy has, um, I'm hoping with with Luchasaurus. And I, I think, you know, there's lots of good matches you could have with that um, with, with that threesome, really. You could throw Marco Stunt into the mix as well. But I see kind of Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy possibly being a, kend- a contender for the tag titles. And I, I can really visualise the Lucha Brothers versus the Jurassic Express as being a, a brilliant match that the fans can really get Ooh. into uh, that could have a really good chemistry as well somewhere down the line. But um, that all depends who's champion after revolution and uh but i see yeah the lucha express uh jungle boy and luchasaurus kind of being a contender for the tag gold and that could you know b- b- we've not seen a lot from luchasaurus over the weeks i think he's had injuries but he's kind of always there by the side of uh jungle boy um and uh yeah i i, I think luchasaurus has got a match with uh jake H- no luchasaurus nice. um he, no it's dustin rhodes isn't it that's fighting jake hager at yeah evolution but um yeah i know that uh, they were they were kind of teasing a match between luchasaurus <laughs> and jake hager but i don't think we've had that one yet that could be something to look out for for the future but um yeah uh like i say any other thoughts on 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 this match and uh and uh, like i say njf1 in the end's And it's a shame to see Jungle Boy in the losing end because um, he seems to lose a lot more than he wins, to be fair, uh, considering he's a possible star for the future. But any final thoughts on the match itself?
0: As you say, Jungle Boy is hard to see him lose, but you think about the long story build. You need MJF to have momentum going into his match against Cody at Revolution, so you don't want him to lose a match going into it. Maybe have him lose the match on the go-home show if he has a match. You put that cast and doubt. Or oh, can he actually beat Cody? Does he have the mental know all to beat Cody
1: in the match? Yeah, some good points. Well, uh, before we talk about the main event segment of this week's AEW Dynamite, it was uh, heavily promoted throughout the show. Some of the matches for next week, obviously, uh, you know, we're, we're getting Cody versus Wardlow. Um, I, is that next week? I think it might be actually because that's um, uh, it's a week. In removed. Georgia,
0: isn't it? It's a steel cage. Yeah, so, yeah, so that's going to be
1: pretty good, and that'll be our kind of. First, proper glimpse of Wardlow, because we've not really seen much of him since he's been on the AW scene, apart from being the, the muscle, the bodyguard of MJF, of course. Then we've got the tag team battle royal um, to see who's going to be the new number contender to the tag team titles. We've got to Hangman Page, Kenny Omega, as we said a moment ago, against uh, the Lucha Brothers. Uh, and of course, in two weeks time, we've got, um, uh, got Pack versus Kenny Omega in that 30 minute Ironman match. And that's the go-home show uh, before that weekend's Revolution pay-per-view, of course. So lots of really, really good matches that are kind of throwing out there for next week and the week after on AEW Dynamite. Lots to look forward to. Um, let's talk about the main event segment of this week's Dynamite then, Ash. Uh, Santana, obviously, uh, this is his first singles match in probably a couple of years. He's obviously tagging with um, Ortiz, so LAX or Santana and Ortiz, uh, pride and powerful, however you want to. Uh, describe them, but Santana going up against John Moxley. So earlier on in the show, Chris Jericho announced that if John Moxley could survive this match, can survive his match with Santana on this week's AW, then uh, John Moxley will have to go up against Jeff Cobb on next week's Dynamite. So uh, I think there was a little bit of a promo package, giving his highlights of Jeff Cobb and his kind of uh, time in Japan, his time on the independent circuit. Um, but um speaking of this match this this was kind of advertised as an eye for an eye match nobody was really fully aware of kind of what the stipulation was um uh, but obviously that the focus on um, each of the wrestlers going after each other's eyes during this match was kind of a big focus of the match One thing I really liked about this this before the match even started, and I said this before, uh, but every time Justin Roberts does John Moxley's announcement for uh, John Moxley's entrance, I think that's the best ring announcement in wrestling at the moment. absolutely loved uh, John Moxley's entrance here and Justin Roberts' announcement of Moxley. Um, However, in this match, uh, like I say, it was quite an action-packed match. Uh, Went about 10 minutes. Moxley got the win after a paradigm shift. After the match, you had the rest of the inner circle come down. They rushed the ring. They take out Moxley. Jericho even got his Judas Effect back elbow in there, flooring Moxley. Uh, and then Jericho kind of beckoned towards the stage um, and, and uh, the, the newest member or possibly the newest member of the inner circle um, came down to the ring. And it was Jeff Cobb. We mentioned him earlier. Cobb dropped Moxley with a devastating power slam, um, and uh, I don't know what he calls it. It's like a tour of the <laughs> islands or something like that. Yeah, he's, um, he's finished It's
0: called the tour of the island because he's from yeah. he's from Hawaii. Because that's why. Because it's the tour of the islands. So it's based around the I think around the five different islands around Hawaii. Yeah,
1: yeah, um, and then and then kind of the, the show closed with the, the group uh, turned towards the camera, posed for the camera as this week's episode of Dynamite came to an end. So. Um, the match was okay like i say it's fairly predictable in that john moxley was going to get the win fairly predictable i suppose you could say that the inner circle because they were up in the balcony that they were going to come down and rush the ring and attack moxley but what wasn't predictable was jeff cobb coming out at the very end um and uh, yeah like i say he's a, a an impressive dude Like uh, but say, obviously got an, an olympic background was in the olympics uh, back in the 2000s but uh I, looks like you see a lot of independent wrestling. I don't know if you've had the, the, the privilege of catching Jeff Cobb in the flesh, but um, what's your thoughts on Jeff Cobb? And, and my understanding Ash is that he hasn't signed an official contract with a W um, he's kind of still okay. wrestling on the Indies, but uh, he's kind of there. i like say they haven't got him to sign a contract yet is my understanding according to the reports. So he's okay. not a fully fledged member of AEW. Um, I W I don't know if he's a fully fledged member of, um, of the inner circle yet, but, uh, yeah, Jeff Cobb on AEW. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Um,
0: I'll get uh, personally about Jeff Cobb. I've seen not seen him live personally because I know he was in the UK recently. As last night, he was at Rev Pro Show last night against Dan Maloney. and I've seen quite a fair few of his matches. I know he's been a former, was he, he's been former Ring of Honor TV champion, left-weight Open champion, and also PWD champion. Mm. Uh, I've seen quite a fair few his matches. And so I... When you said he's not an actual signer I thought with AEW, I thought, okay, this is interesting. I thought he would have actually been signed.
1: Yeah, i hope that he's not that quite signed been, yet. Not quite.
0: The way he's been portrayed, I thought he had been signed because originally I thought it, he might have signed with WWE because I know because he's got a past relation with Matt Riddle because they've been a tag team on the indie scenes over in the States.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, with the whole thing with Jeff Cobb as well, I think they could have probably got a bigger reaction from coming out if they didn't do the segment early on in the night with Jericho saying that he's, if Boxy survives he was going to get to Jeff Covey. If he had that segment but later on after the beatdown, yeah, you might have got a bigger reaction because I think you, the crowd were probably anticipating something to else happen afterwards. Yeah
1: yeah good point good point and i, I agree with you i think that uh, it would have been more of a surprise for you know the viewing audience for the uh, people in attendance if they hadn't i don't know whether the, the people in attendance in the the arena saw the same promotional package that we saw on tv but uh, like you say it probably would have had more of an effect certainly on those watching at home um if jericho hadn't done that segment but um and, and like you say the stipulation of um Jericho uh, sorry of, of Moxley facing Jeff Cobb on next week's show that that could have been something that they could have mentioned after the matches that you know being as you beat Santana uh, we're going to put you up against our newest member in uh, the inner circle uh, Jeff Cobb um, but uh, yeah uh, like I think it's good for AEW to have somebody like Jeff Cobb in it's, it's another good platform a big platform uh, for Jeff Cobb to make his name on um, a very impressive wrestler um, he, he's kind of been in the business for a little while, but he still carries that kind of amateur wrestling background with him in terms of his, his appearance and a lot of the moves he does in spring as well. Um, but I'm looking forward to next week's match. And uh, the only kind of slight reservation I have is that if they job Kef, uh, Jeff Cobb out to uh, John Moxley in his first ever match um, in the run up to, to uh, revolution, it won't do him any, any, uh, any good really. But um let's say, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens between Cobb and Moxley next week, but uh, obviously we, we get, we're getting closer to Revolution as we record this. Ash, we're only two weeks away from uh, Revolution AW's next pay-per-view on the 29th of February, of course. Uh, some of the matches that have been announced, you've obviously got Cody versus MJF and Cody, of course, has got to go up against Wardlow in that uh, steel cage match, the first ever steel cage match in AW history on next week's Dynamite. You've obviously got Moxley going up against current AW World Champion Jericho. That's going to be a hell of a match uh, another match that was announced as we mentioned earlier dustin rose going up against uh, uh, the big hurt jake hager um, are you aware of any or many other matches that have been announced in revolution yet yeah, i think it's those three are the ones that kind of stand out at the moment
0: it's those three and also you've got a tag team title match so obviously we that's don't know who's going to be in that we might have a women's title match
1: yeah very that's true. as
0: much as i know. that's what six matches at six to five matches at least
1: yeah. but I can't
0: so, um, see anything else being built up obviously we've got two weeks to go into it to see build up for it there might be a number one contenders match for say the world championship yeah against whoever yeah. two and second um, one um, two and third challenger yeah. in the rankings go ahead and get, to get the next title shot
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, not not many matches have been formally announced yet. Some kind of hinted at, but uh, we'll have to see. But uh, there we go. Let's have a look at this week's NXT then Ash, like I say, I think AEW definitely a solid show like it is every single week. But uh, this week's NXT opened with uh, Roderick Strong um, and uh, sending out a clear message to the Velveteen Dream, following uh, Dreams' return next week. Uh, Roddy is obviously upset that the Dream had he's uh, you know Marina Shafir and, and their child spray painted on his tights when the Dream made his return. On last week's NXT, of course, uh, Roddy demanded an apology from the Dream, but out came uh, the, the massive Bronson Reed, who wanted some answers of his own from Roderick Strong after Strong gave uh, the big guy Bronson Reed a running knee to the head on last week's show. And that was uh, when uh, the Undisputed Era were kind of ploughing through the backstage area looking for Tommaso Ciampa, and Reed got in the way. So Reed wanted a little bit of a, uh, an answer of his own this week. This gave us a bit of an impromptu match between Roddy Strong and Bronson Reed. Uh, th- this was, uh, you know, a match where Bronson Reed kind of dominated most of the match with his power and his size to his advantage. Of course, there was a huge lariat from Bronson Reed that turned uh, Roddy Strong inside out uh, and he only got a two count from that. But uh, Roddy managed to turn the tide with a, a superplex off the uh, off the middle rope to the big man uh, before Strong was uh, distracted by the voice of the Valveteen Dream. Uh, but not long enough, um, a, a Strong a caught Reed with a high knee when Reed was coming off the top rope and... Um, and then that was enough for Reed to, to uh, kind of lay on his back for Strong. Strong hooked the leg, got the pinfall victory from that high knee. After the match, we did get the Velveteen Dream. Uh, came down, uh, came out uh, on, on the big screen, actually, on the time. Trying making things even more personal for Roderick Strong. Telling Strong that if anything were to happen to uh, to him, to Roderick Strong, then the Dream would be able to fulfil Marina's needs. Uh, so, uh, obviously, building a little bit of a uh, tension, a little bit more... Uh, Fuel to the fire between those two, um, and I think it was advertised later on this show that Roddy Strong and the Velveteen Dream will be going head to head in a one on one match on next week's NXT. So, give us your thought on this kind of this opening segment and the opening match between Reed and Strong, and of course, the Velveteen Dream, uh, kind of getting in Roddy Strong's business at the end of this segment. Um,
0: actually, as you pointed out, like the match, it was like a weird kind of thing, but obviously, he's used to like in his size getting that using his power and strength to literally just bulldoze through, strong throughout the match. It's like, yeah. towards the end of the match, you thought, is Bronson really going to get the upset upset win due to the distraction of um, Telveteen Dream? But at the end of it, obviously, strong gets the win. I of literally no, well, a stiff, high knees literally catch, read off, the, read off the ropes and get the win. The, uh, the promo afterwards is literally reminds me of the old... Uh, I'll try them and out off the top of my head. Jack the Snake and Rick Rude kind of angle where they ravishing Rick thing. Rude, yeah, yeah. exactly. Because Rude did a similar thing with his tights as well with um, Jack Snake's wife. Very cool.
1: Yes, I remember it very well. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, that, that's a really interesting angle. Like I say, the, the match was quite good. Good to give Bronson Reed a bit more exposure. I always thought he was one of the standout talents uh, from uh, the uh, kind of NXT breakout tournament that they ran last year. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, and of course. Jordan miles went on to one that what's happened to Jordan miles or ACH since then, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't think he's doing much in his wrestling career. Now he kind of shot himself in the foot there. Cameron Grimes pops up a little bit later on. He's doing well for himself. Uh, but, uh, angel guys of course we know what's happened to him swerve scott he's uh kind of building a bit of a name for himself so it's a, a good kind of tournament to help uh, build similar to the uh, natural progression series i suppose that progress does every year we mentioned that earlier and hopefully um at the nxt breakout tournament will happen with an annual thing a yearly thing to help promote some of its newer talent but um yeah a good, good match good way to open the nxt this weekend uh, kind of a, a bit of a hot angle developing there between roddy strong and the Velvetine dream um But uh, then we had a number one contenders match for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship between two former champions, Ash, uh, Leo Rush, and Angel Gaza. This was a really fun match, a fantastic match actually, uh, which had kind of everything. We even saw Rush deliver a frog splash from the top turnbuckle onto Gaza, who was on the floor on the outside. That was pretty impressive. looked painful for both wrestlers there, especially Gaza, who was on the kind of the, the bottom end of that one. Um, I think everyone was expecting a win for Gaza, especially considering the push he's getting. Moment and uh, previous on NXT and 205 Live, uh, the amount of exposure that he's getting. Uh, But no, however, it was Leo Rush that got the win to become the new number one contender to the Cruiserweight Championship after a roll-up reversal uh, to uh, Gaza's wing clipper. Um, so after the match we then had uh, current NXT Cruiserweight Champion Jordan Devlin. he came come out onto the stage to deliver a promo uh, face-to-face uh, to uh, Leo Rush setting up uh, what's going to be a brilliant championship match once again on next week's NXT. So we spoke about you know the, the solid card that AEW are going to be delivering next week. Uh, next week's NXT ain't going to be half bad either, but uh, uh, give, give us your thoughts on, on the match that went down between Leo Rush Angel Garza the kind of some might say surprising uh, victory for Leo Rush, and then of course what we got to come next week between Devlin and Leo Rush for the cruiseweight Championship.
0: Uh, the match overall was just literally another classic between these two. They've had two stellar matches before. Literally a great way to like kind of end. With. Literally it was one-one going into this. Literally whoever won this is literally won the rubber, won the rubber, rubber match, and Rush winning is kind of, it was kind of a surprise. I so always thought you would have Garza go back after Devlin after he's never lost the championship. You had Swerve bit pinned by Devlin for the title. So you thought, logically, Garza would be the main challenger. But I think with Leo going against it, it's an established name that's been across, especially in WWE and also on wrestling in general. You have someone who can easily put Devlin over it and potentially a, quite a show-stealing match. Yeah
1: yeah agreed and uh, like I say shame to see Angel Garza on the losing and that could possibly lead us to an angle where Angel Garza gets involved in the championship match next week or maybe they got bigger plans for Angel Garza obviously he's being used a bit more on Raw being managed by Zelina Vega on, on the main roster of course um, you know he, he's he's one of those that's kind of being exposed on many different brands, not just NXT, so uh, they probably thought that uh, it wouldn't hurt him at all, the, the loss wouldn't hurt him but uh, I don't think it's hurting him, I think he's he's got a great character, a big personality exiting the ring, so I don't think a loss like this is going to damage him, but I'm predicting possibly Angel Guiles are making an appearance during the Championship match next week I mean, I hope not, because I think that Rush and Devlin could have a fantastic match, give them, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes in the ring, and they could easily have a show-stealing match, but um, that's another one to look forward to and to watch next week on NXT. Uh, then we got uh, Bianca Belair. Uh, she made a quick work of Santana Garrett before addressing Rhea Ripley, saying how Ripley is a uh, busy challenging Charlotte Flair on Raw, um, asking uh, if she's invisible. Um, Bianca Belair talking about herself there in the centre of the ring. Bianca, uh, sorry, Rhea Ripley then came out to tell Belair that take over Portland, she's not going to look through her, but she's going to go right through Bel-Air during that match. So this segment ends with uh, Bel-Air um, dropping the current champion with her KOD. Now, whenever you see this on the go-home show to a big takeover, you kind of think, you know, it always makes me sad, to be honest with you, Ash, because you think, well, Bel-Air gets the upper hand. She gets one over on rear Ripley here, leaving her laying. And uh, is that possibly a prelude to Bel Air being on the losing end on Sunday night? But um, I hope not. Uh, But uh, what's your thoughts on on this feud? I know we're going to talk uh, Portland predictions fairly soon. Um, But uh, do you have the same concerns, the same fears that I do that uh, Ripley got left laying here um, and, uh, you know, the reverse could happen on Sunday night?
0: Yeah, it's kind of a normal kind of trophy wrestling when you have the big challenger literally standing toward over the champion on the go home show. Yeah, it's kind <laughs> of given that you're taking the pin on Sunday. It's one of those things you don't you you like you hate to see, but sometimes you do get it. Sometimes where you do have the big challenger still win the title. But yeah. i as we're getting to late, I'll say who I'll say who's going to predict to win the match, but. Time to given who might win the match. Who's going to win the match?
1: Yeah, I look forward to getting into that discussion in a few minutes when we talk uh, TakeOver Portland. And then that led us nicely into the main event. It was a non-title match. You had current NXT champion Adam Cole going up against Kushida. Uh, now, as I said, this was a, a non-title match. It was, I think, only advertised maybe the day before or the day of um, NXT this week. It was you, We didn't get much notice, or so I certainly can't remember it being promoted much before NXT this week. Um, but, uh, you, you know, this would have made a perfect championship match, Kashida. versus is Cole on a pay-per-view or a takeover? Um, but I'm glad to be seeing it on on uh, an episode of NXT. Of course, this was a really fun match, a really really fun match. Cole getting the win after a, a last shot with his exposed knee. Uh, shame to see Kushida on the losing end, much the same as it was a uh, you know a shame to see Angel Garza on the losing end during the uh, the match with Leo Rush earlier. But a shame to see Kushida on the losing end here. I thought Kushida gave a really really good showing, um, and uh, like I say, I thought that this match could potentially been saved for a bigger, uh, bigger stage, a bigger match somewhere down the line. But after the match we had, Tommaso Ciampa, he came out. Um, uh, you know, in that kind of inevitable go-home, face-to-face stare-down that you always get between the current champ and the former champ, uh, champer says that take over Portland, he takes his life back, and Cole responds by saying over his dead body. So this was a really hot kind of segment to close NXT. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to know your thoughts on Cole versus Kushida. Like I say, this is a bit of a dream match, to be honest with you, and um, possibly could have been saved for a, a bigger occasion, a bigger stage. Possibly worthy of a pay-per-view or, or a takeover, um, but um, Kashida—he's a bit of an anomaly, really, isn't he? He's not had the best of starts in his NXT career. He's still on NXT most weeks, so they obviously, you know, know what they've got in Kashida and uh, are trying to utilise him. But I don't think they've come up with that that gem of an angle that gem of a storyline or a feud yet where they can really push Kashida. Um, but. Uh, a bit of a throwaway match, especially with the title not being on the line. Uh, but You could ask yourself, could they have used somebody else instead of Kashido and given him the loss? Um, but give us your thoughts on the match and then your thoughts on uh, Tommaso and Cole and the, the stare down to finish the show.
0: Uh, the match in general, because obviously the kind of build was it, because he had Cole attack Kashida the prior week when he yeah, was yeah, in the jumper. So yeah. that's kind of a little angle that they actually, they actually did say on commentary, like why both Reed and are fighting both Strong and Cole is because they got attacked the previous week, so they try and come back for revenge. So you've got kind of a little story there for the match to happen. Uh, the match in general is literally like a quite nice little match between the two. It's kind of a little, it's a shame to see Kasuga win because he, since he's came, he's had he's had tight he had had surgery on him. Um, there was a tent. Was it a broken tendon in his hand. So he had to have like yeah. Six, he had to, six weeks off.
1: Uh, broken wrist or something, didn't he? After yeah. his match with Walter.
0: Yeah. So that's kind of like setting back a bit. I could see Kushida possibly if they utilize him well. If not being used like, push for a main title, you could possibly put him in the cruiserweight division. So I know he's appeared on two or five before his injury at towards the end of last year. And. Um, and the end of the segment was between Cole, Cole and Champion's, literally, a nice old trope where you have Champion and Challenge you closing off the go home show, literally face to face, and give their give remarks to each other of why each of them are going to win the match. Yeah. And what was telling them was, early in the light, Cole said that he'll do anything to walk away with the title.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what, what kind of plays out there. But we uh, I mean, go back to Kushida, you, you made a, a really interesting point. And I, I also going into this, uh, this recording was thinking, well, where does Kushida fit in the big picture of everything? And I also think that Kushida would make an excellent cruiserweight champion, especially when you consider the cruiserweight champion is is an NXT belt now, the the, the NXT championship, Mm. sorry, the cruiserweight championship is now an NXT uh, belt, is uh, being featured on NXT a lot more. And um, I think that he would make a perfect, I mean, he's, 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 a multi-time IWGP junior heavyweight champion in new Japan, of course. And uh, that's kind of where he made his name. And also teamed with Alex Shelley in the uh, junior heavyweight tag team division as well over in new Japan. And I think, yeah, I mean, let's kind of give him a championship reign um, in kind of like a weight class that he is famous for and made his name in um, essentially. And like I say, he's been on the black and gold brand now for about eight or nine months he was out for a little while with his wrist injury. Um, but, uh, you know, they gave him a bit of a feud with Cassius Sona. They gave him a bit of a feud with Walter and Imperium. Uh, but nothing really to set the world alight at the moment. But I think give him a run with the Cruiserweight Championship. I don't really want to see Devlin lose it anytime soon, but I'd love to see a match between Devlin and Kushida. Possibly, oh, I'm fantasy booking again already here, but I'd love to see that saved for WrestleMania so on weekends. You know, uh, takeover Tampa would be a great occasion to have Devlin oh, yeah. versus Kushida. I'm predicting it now and uh, triple H, if you're listening, get it down, make it happen. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, very, very good. Um, uh, but, um, Looking at next week's NXT, you've obviously got Roddy Strong versus Developer Team Dream. That's going to be an awesome match. I think a lot of people are going to tune in for, and Jordan Devlin going up against Leo Rush for the Cruiserweight Championships. So are two really really big matches. I've got, I've got a question for you though. This is the, the, the big sixty four thousand dollar question. I think this has come up before, maybe in the podcast or on the Facebook page before. But does NXT do they need to kind of get out of full sale, go on the road for their Wednesday night show on USA? um to help kind of make we've we've seen nxt in full sale or the nxt arena for what six years now since nxt first came on the network they've always kind of done it from full sale now when you compare the crowds uh to aw on the road every single week the dynamites and the, the lively atmosphere and the infectious energy that the crowd at Dynamite bring to the overall presentation compared to full sale. Now full sale they they could either be hot or cold. Um, but when you look at NXT if it's a match that's not clicking you know they, they sit on their hands quite a lot of the time and they they don't bring the atmosphere so I'm thinking if you take the NXT product on the road for their Wednesday night shows it could give a lot more people the opportunity to not only see the show uh, but to be more interactive with the show and to bring that, that atmosphere. I think the main thing is that the general perception um, and I'm not saying this would kind of affect the ratings at all but the perception is is that AEW Dynamite is the bigger show because it's held in a bigger arena with more people and you've got you know 5,000 people People watching dynamite as opposed to 500 people at full sale and the perception is that aew dynamite is the bigger show if people are channel hopping from one to the other if they go on to full sale first of all nxt they're going to think well the atmosphere is not great there flicker over to um to tnt to watch uh, aew ash and see the atmosphere absolutely rocking over on dynamite and i'm thinking that nxt need a little bit of that uh, flavor as well they need a little bit of that atmosphere so maybe to take it on the road would we'll do them some uh, a lot of favors to be honest with you but what say you
0: yeah, I can see the point of it, of them going, say, once a month, go to, like, go to, when they're doing, like, tours across the country and specifically in the same states, have a TV taping in, say, not a big venue, like a 10,000, like, ten to 15,000 seats arena, have one that's, five, so, like, between two to 5,000 seats. Where, yeah. you know if you, you, you put yourself into like an arena where you think okay we can go for this see how it goes if we can constantly sell this out go to a big arena well I feel this is kind of the thing where aW are lacking a little bit because over the past few weeks and towards the end of last year end of last year they've not been consistently selling their arenas out because they've had quite a fair few it's not just aw in general there's quite a lot of Mainstream promotions, well, mainly WWE's main brand is like they're not sending out the is consistently enough.
1: Yeah, true. Yeah. You,
0: you still see quite a lot of areas which are tarped off or like literally a blank space and empty seats. Yeah. So it's the kind of thing you don't want to obviously consistently do it. If you do like once, say I think the last Wednesday of the month as the arena show, then the rest is TV as back in full sale you can have matches that build up to the one that's in the arena yeah like a a
1: mini takeover like a mini takeover or like a little payoff episode no i really like that but um i I think that taking it away from full sale for the odd week is a good idea and it might also make them appreciate what they have so they can kind of be a little bit more lively when they you know uh, have it back in in the nxt or the full sale arena um but i think it's just just to I mean, I think NXT definitely deliver the better wrestling products on a weekly basis. They definitely deliver the more solid show for wrestling. But I think when you look at AEW as an overall package, you know, and certainly the way they're building towards Revolution as an example, the storylines and the characters and the way they're getting over some of the new wrestlers. And then you add into that the audience participation the atmosphere in the arena, um, you know, it does kind of give you. I mean, I, I'm gonna say this as a, as a lifelong, well, lifelong NXT fan, but since it kind of first uh came out um as a game show 10 years ago, when you had Daniel Bryan being jobbed out every single week on, on that game show NXT, so I've watched it from day one, people. Um, but uh, you know, as a, as, a, as a fan of the black and gold brand for a long, long time, I've got to say, AEW are delivering. slightly more exciting product from from end to end at the moment, in my opinion, but um, uh, any any thoughts on that? I mean, I know that you watch AEW every week, I know you watch NXT every single week, Um, but uh, do you kind of understand my sentiments there that I think you know, overall, I think the arena does add a lot to the program, and I think that you know, while NXT is delivering the better or the stronger wrestling show, uh, uh, wrestling performance in ring action, I think AEW are possibly delivering the better overall show in terms of character and storyline.
0: Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. I see like the picture of where AEW performing in a larger scale kind of arena. Whereas obviously NXT is kind of in the compact arena, but obviously sometimes that can be their advantage. Sometimes having the compact yeah. arena can True. sometimes increase volume, whereas like a yeah. big arena, because I know like literally, like with like Austin, Edge, and Christmas, and whether they've been in, to, I think it's in Chicago, I think it's the full uh, I can't remember the name of the arena, but they say sometimes when you, if the crowd is very hot, because it's got wooded, a wooden ceiling, it bounces off of it, you can literally create. A, the atmosphere even louder Jeez. yeah i know the arena you're on about i
1: can't remember where it is but i know exactly the one you're on about definitely um but uh Yes, so uh, interesting times interesting times, but I think they're probably already considering uh, maybe taking the product on the road, I think that's inevitable, I like I say, even if they do it once a month, um, you know as, as a bit of a bit of a, a blow-off episode a bit of a mini takeover, I think that could definitely work and add a bit of freshness to the product and give more people an opportunity to see NXT on the road, certainly for their big Wednesday night shows on USA, but uh, let's have a little look at NXT Takeover Portland then taking place on the the WWE Network um this sunday so usually takeovers take place on a saturday uh, but instead it is uh kind of on a school night really because uh, especially us watching it over in the uk might have to watch it um w- into the wee hours of monday morning or maybe when we all get back from home or school uh, on the monday afternoon over here in the uk but um i think i'll be staying up to watch it um it, it's an absolutely stacked card now i sound like a bit of a broken record because i say uh, every time we talk about an nxt takeover card but this one it, it would be worthy of kind of a takeover over WrestleMania week, to be honest with you. So if this is what we have to offer uh, this weekend, crikey, what are they going to throw at us for Mania weekend? But um, let's have a look at some of the matches for TakeOver Portland then, Ash, and I want your kind of thoughts and opinions and maybe a prediction or two. But um, let's have a look first of all, at uh, Dakota Kai versus Tegan Knox. So this was a bit of a match that's been brewing for a while now, certainly since uh, TakeOver War Games uh, back in November last year, where uh, Dakota Kai turned her back on her then best friend, uh, a team kick stablemate by uh, ramming the, 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 the cage door into Tegan's previously injured leg, previously injured knee, keeping her out of business for a while. Dakota Kai... Turned full heel following that. They did have a bit of a match on NXT a couple of weeks ago, which I thought they probably shouldn't have had. They should have kind of saved it to uh, this match uh, in Portland to make it more special. But they're having a street fight in Portland. So... um they're going to fight all over the arena. Um, you know, it could be quite hard hitting, could be quite physical. Expect some uh, some chairs and tables and uh, all sorts getting involved and maybe some some knee braces. Uh, more importantly, they've certainly been utilising that as a bit of an object. Uh, but to Kai versus Tiga Knox, if I'm going to kind of, you know, um, throw my hat into the ring and give you my prediction, I think this has got to be a win for Tiga Knox um, so that both competitors can kind of move on to different feuds different opponents um but i think tegan Knox is is possibly winning here and i think certainly with the series they're doing on her on youtube and on the ww network the kind of the four part series of her comeback from uh previous injuries up to this point um i think is is certainly doing a lot to help get her character over um and i think that's all possibly with a view to uh, putting tegan over on sunday night but ash uh tegan Knox, dakota kai street fight uh what say you
0: um, it's a match I'm looking forward to and also you about the, um, the many documentary series they've built around Tegan Osh about the injury it's like with her first injury it's a little bit of in-step storytelling it was actually an accidental injury suffered with Dakota Kai when she was in the ring she's <laughs> so got kind of a little it's, a, it's not, a, not a big part of the storyline but it's kind of a little thing where obviously it, was, obviously it was a complete accident that Dakota Kai was the person that it happened with her first injury we put it on first night young classic um, it's a match I could see potentially possibly opening this card just to get the crowd a, a good crowd heat so you've got them hot off the start so they're not anticipating it throughout the rest of the night yeah. um, I could definitely I'm torn between the two at the moment who's going to win this but I could see either winning it but I think as You mentioned the I can see the use of the knee brace coming to the aid of potentially Kai. he has been using it as a dominant weapon over the past weeks and also since the main attack that she did at Games. So, I, I'm i thinking Kai is going to win this, and even though you think you've only had the one match, even though it's like the only way you can go further if you have them in a steel cage match is the only thing we can find them as a. A confined area,
1: but mm, yeah, interesting. Yeah, um, but uh, I can also see this being kind of an unofficial number one contenders match as well. I won't be surprised if the winner of this uh, match possibly goes on to uh, uh, a championship match against whoever is successful um, coming out of um, uh, the Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair match. But um, I like these two, I think they're going to put on an excellent match. I'm oh, interested to see what happens, especially with it being a street fight and uh, where they take it through the arena. Um, and uh, I think this is a good opportunity to kind of end the feud to be honest with you I think that, that that you know this is a big kind of blow-off match unless they took it to a steel cage match or something similar I think that you know there's not much more they can do with this feud in my opinion so I'd like to see a conclusive uh, end to this match a conclusive end to this feud and then for the two of them to move on to fresh opponents uh, getting closer to WrestleMania weekends how about uh, the bros awaits uh, Matt Riddle, Pete Dunn going up against the undisputed era for the NXT tag team titles obviously the bros weights have just come victorious in the dusty rose tag team classic for this year the undisputed era four times nxt tag team champions um now obviously the, the, the the prophecy of being draped in gold is starting to kind of you know show signs of coming to an end with roddy strong losing his north american championship to keithley a few weeks back Um, Is the same going to happen here to to UE and, you know, uh, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly? They certainly seem to be throwing quite a bit of effort behind Matt Riddle. Pete Dunne, the Bros Awaits, certainly with their kind of quite funny comedy segments that they released uh, on this week's NXT and uh, on their social media pages, which did get a chuckle from me, I've got to say. Um, I know you enjoyed them in the and that is that kind yeah. of a sign that they're putting a bit of stock behind the Bros Awaits, possibly, um, you know, leading to another title change uh, for the Undisputed Era this coming Sunday?
0: Yeah, out of the two matches between the UE, I see this one the most likely to change hands. Well, okay. Yeah. Um, as you say, in the bin segments they've had this with the bin third one they had with Riddle and Pete with the jet. You just made me it just, but made me burst out laughing. It? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's like oh, I know a guy. I know a guy who got this jet. So he turned out to be Trips. Just burst <laughs> I, I was expecting one person. That was, if it wasn't Trips, I was expecting Vince. If it was Vince, yeah. I'd laugh even more. Yeah. But, but, the, been the, that.
1: the chemistry between uh, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne is really, really good. And uh, Pete Dunne's playing his character really well. Matt Riddle's really playing his character really well. But uh, I'm kind of digging what they're doing at the moment, uh, character-wise. But um, oh, what do you think? New champions on Sunday?
0: Yeah, definitely new champions, because it's a good way for both Pete and Matt to both get their first pieces of gold in NXT. Yeah. Obviously, Pete's been obviously he's been a champion in WWE. Yeah. He's been the longest reigning <laughs> UK champion. But it's he's obviously, obviously now he's gone the step up from NXT UK now to main uh, main NXT. Obviously it's a good way to have him with the belt. Um it's the same with Riddle because obviously Riddle's had a bit of controversy over the past few few well few months I and mean, past year. We're crossing streams with certain talent on the main roster. It's like not gone his way. But yeah. I think it's a good way to keep this like Keep it, keep it under wraps. Like okay, we keep him away from the main boss for the time being with Riddle. So we keep him with having, having uh, have the tag titles.
1: Mm, yeah, good point, and I agree with you. I think the Bros awaits are coming out the winners on Sunday night. Um, and like you say, I don't think they've got any uh, anything planned feud-wise for either Matt Riddle or Pete Dunne in the singles division. Um, So to give them a bit of a run, uh, quite, you know, quite an entertaining combo, quite an entertaining duo, give a bit of a run with the tag team titles could be exactly what they need at the moment because they've got no obvious singles feuds at the moment. And uh, yeah, uh, I I think the tag division might, in need of a bit of a, a freshness at the moment um, but uh, as you know I, I wouldn't be disappointed if Huey retains but then uh, I think that i will be happy for Dunn and Matt Riddle if they were to win as well like I say could potentially be their first bit of silverware on the black and gold brand anyway uh, what about Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic so Keith Lee the new North American champion these two, uh, in my opinion, had possibly the feud of the year for 2019. They had about four or five uh, massive, massive matches uh, pulling out moves that you've never seen from guys of their size and stature. Um, but uh, we always knew they were capable of. But, you know, they really kind of they, they, they set NXT alight with their matches last year. And now they've got uh, kind of the most important match they've ever had together um you know, with with some silverware, with a championship bout, the North American title on the line in this one, uh, Keith Lee is on fire at the moment. He doesn't necessarily need a, a bout uh, to put himself over, he's kind of done that himself, certainly with his appearance on the Survivor Series and then again at the War Rumble. Um, but obviously, they know they've got a big star in Keith Lee. And uh, it was an obvious choice to beat Waddy Strong for the North American Championship. And I suppose you could say Dominic Dijakovic is a, is a natural opponent um, to Keith Lee. So putting them together makes sense for Sunday nights. But uh, this is going to be a massive match, a gigantic match in every sense of the word. Um, And I think that they, you know, whatever they have left in the tank, whatever moves they haven't shown us yet. um, I think they're going to be pulling out all the stops. And uh, this could be um, a match of the night contender, but uh, give us your thoughts on these two, the match and who you think might come out on top.
0: So this is the potential literally of a show stealing match with their matches. They've had so far, literally they've topped it each time off. You pull a move out of move. And like, just literally, just waiting in anticipation of what they can, what they they are going to deliver next.
1: Yeah,
0: it's just it's been awe inspiring. Literally, moves they've been hitting top rope, Canadian destroyers, been um, top rope power bombs, top rope. De- um, oh, I think what did I actually just finish a move? Uh, Feast your eyes from the top rope. It's literally just all inspiring, and not only just that, like what they're going to do next. Also, they're both very agile guys; so they're not afraid to go. Goes to the outside and the hip dies to the outside to each other as well.
1: Totally. Yeah. Um,
0: with it being Lee's first title defence, I see a Lee wings. So I don't think you would have him lose his first title match as yeah. champion. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Agreed. And I think you make a lot of sense there with what you're saying. And I think with it being his first uh, official title defence, um, I think it's, you know, especially with how hot he is at the moment throughout WWE. Um, and uh, I think. Keith Lee could come up as an answer of mine in in, uh, one of the fan questions, one of the listener questions a bit later on. So I don't think he's dropping the title here, um, but it will be a great match. Um, And I'm pleased that this will actually be their first takeover appearance. Now, they've uh, been on, uh, Keith Lee's certainly been on WWE pay-per-views. Dijakovic, uh, I don't think, has had a takeover appearance, nor has Keith Lee.
0: They're both at war games.
1: They were at War Games. You're quite right. Yes, I stand corrected. So it would be the, th- it'd it'd be the it- first
0: individual match, but obviously that was an eight-man War Games match. So obviously, their first singles match they'll have. Obviously, they would have been part of TakeOver card before. Yeah,
1: good point, good point. I temporarily forgot about that, but that was when they were kind of had uh, kind of uh, healed their kind of uh, feud between one another was on the same side at takeover all games. And now they're kind of both on opposite sides of the ring and this should be a great match, but I'm going for Keith Lee as well. Uh, What about Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair? So this has got kind of the added potential storyline of uh, maybe an appearance from Charlotte Flair. She said she's going to be in Portland on Sunday night. I'm predicting that Charlotte kind of comes down or is there in the crowd and uh whether she physically gets involved in the match or maybe just as a distraction i think that that could possibly have uh, an impact to the the end of the match um th- th- this could be interesting i think really ripley retains in this one but uh, you know possibly f- through interference from charlotte flair um i've said all along that i think uh They're possibly gearing up to maybe a a three-way championship match at Mania, not just a match between Ripley and Charlotte Flair, but I think Bianca Belair with certainly how they put her over big time in the Rumble last month. um, They obviously, you know, have a lot of time and know what they've got in Bianca Belair. She's obviously going to be a big star on the main roster in the future. Um, But I think that Ripley's retaining. I think Charlotte gets involved somehow, uh, but I think it could potentially lead to a three-way at Mania. But uh, what about yourself then?
0: I see the same. I see Ripley winning. I don't see Charlotte coming out and costing it because it's something that Triple H doesn't normally do. With obviously, talent outside of NXT. Obviously, he's having someone come down from the main roster. So it's something that he doesn't normally want to use in, in NXT. So obviously, you kind of have, see this kind of angle happen in WWE. Main yeah. roster, so I can see Shard coming out after the match and saying that she's declaring her title her title match with Rip Ripley at Mania after the match.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and Belair, do you think? Do you think although she might end up on the losing end on Sunday, you think that she's done enough this year to possibly earn her a spot, earn herself a spot at Mania?
0: Um, potentially, but I can't see where she will fit in on the Mania card itself. You could possibly have a rematch. If, say, this match ends in like, a dusty finish, or double count or something, you can build up to have the rematch at TakeOver Tampa. So yeah. whoever wins the match, that match goes against Charlotte at Mania. It would be the night after at Mania, obviously, he's given them less preparation. Obviously, you think Charlotte have the, the upper hand.
1: Yeah. Yeah, good point. Um... Okay, Johnny Gargano versus Finn Balor. So this is a match that we've kind of been anticipating now for a while, ever since Finn Balor turned heel um, for the first time in his WWE career on Johnny Gargano with that kind of overhead kick and beat down about four months ago, I think it was. Um, But uh, Johnny Gargano hasn't been in the ring much since. He wasn't in the ring much at all for 2019 when you think about it. But he did kind of return when he reformed, temporarily reformed DIY with Tommaso Ciampa to go up against Mustache Mountain in that X. Excellent, excellent match at Worlds Collide last month. Um, So I've got my thoughts on on potentially where Johnny Gargano might kind of sit in the whole grand scheme of things when it comes to Mania. But looking ahead to Sunday night, Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano. And I've I've said it before, this is possibly uh, the number one and number two best wrestlers on the brand. Um, And I, I think this match... Well, we've already spoken about a couple of Match of the uh, match of the Night contenders already. But I think this one, you know, is definitely up there with uh, not just Match of the Night, but maybe Match of the Year, Ash. But uh, Johnny Gargano, uh, Mr. Takeover, Johnny Wrestling, uh, Mr. NXT versus the longest reigning NXT champion in Finn Balor. Um, where do your kind of cards sit with this one then? Who are you going with?
0: I'm quite tall on the fence quite at the moment, but I have a uh, well, feeling who will win it as it's like, it's Finn's, theoretically, his big, views it's coming back on NXT, because so obviously this match, is supposed to happen, a at War Games, But like due to Johnny's injury, it got postponed, and we're having it now, it's actually, he's got, you built the anticipation. and it got the, art, literally the name, literal name, of a dream match, that we never thought, we would see, in WWE, or NXT, but we might think, it might have happened, on the main roster, but you don't know, if it would have happened, yeah. but I, th- Feel that Finn will win the match.
1: Oh, interesting! Interesting
0: because it's his first big feud match, and he's only had the one defeat since he's been back on NXT as Cole. And between the two, they've probably got the best records on Takeover cards in general. I think Finn's got the better out of the two, whereas Johnny has lost his last two matches. Okay. So I can see they do this thing where they think, oh, do you kill yourself, Mr. T- Mr. Takeover, how, how he's not won a match since his last win on Takeover was at New York, which was last Mania. So they could build this whole story like, he's not won a Takeover since last year. So literally a whole year since he's last won.
1: Yeah. Yeah, interesting. I mean, my, my thoughts and feelings on this one is, I think this one could be, whoever wins this match, will go on to uh, challenge for the NXT Championship um, at TakeOver Tampa over Mania weekend. So I honestly think that this is a, an unofficial number one contenders match. If Johnny wins, I think he'll go on to TakeOver Tampa to contend for the, the, the gold. Same for Finn. I think if Finn wins, he'll go on to Tampa to contend for the gold Um, and then like I say you know who might win out of Adam Cole Tommaso Ciampa could we get the match that we should have got last year Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano if Tommaso wins on Sunday could we get Finn Balor versus Tommaso Ciampa or Finn Balor versus Adam Cole again Um, very very interesting I don't know where to go on this one though to be honest with you Ash I really don't know where to go I think that looking further down the line I don't know whether they're going to try and give us the match that we should have had last year in Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano for the NXT championship, leading me to believe that Johnny might win this match and Ciampa might um, beat Adam Cole to reclaim Goldie. Um, But uh, I think I've got a funny feeling, you know, that that's where NXT, I think that's where WWE and Triple H are heading. So I think I'm going to go with Johnny Gargano for the win over Finn Balor on this one. Um, And I think that could lead to him being the next challenger for the gold over mania weekend but um then let, let's talk about the main event on sunday then adam cole the current nxt champion been a uh, champion for quite a while now since takeover 25 back in call, may june june of last year um uh, going yeah, up against june 2nd, was it yeah june 2nd wasn't it yeah it was, yeah i remember it vividly it was an excellent match at two out of three falls stipulation match against johnny gargano uh, where Champa kind of overcame and won the gold. And he's been a, a brilliant, excellent champion since. He's really defended against all comers. We, we saw it, you know, this Wednesday, although the gold wasn't on the line, he's not afraid to kind of go out there and, and uh, face, you know, his foes. Um, but uh, Adam Cole, to Champa, this is another dream match. Like I said, at the top of the show, this is a, a dream card. All six matches are going to be going to deliver. Um, crikey, where do you go with this one? I'm going to stick with what I said earlier. And I think that Gargano is going to go over Finn Balor. So it makes sense for Ciampa to go over Cole in this one, setting up Ciampa, Gargano, uh, Tampa um wrestlemania weekend so um I, I, I as much as i love adam cole and as much as i think he's been an excellent champion i think that U.E. are losing both their gold both their championships on sunday night i think uh uh fish and o'reilly are losing their tag titles i think adam cole could lose against uh, champa setting up that match that we should have got last year over mania weekend but um what's your thoughts on the main event adam cole versus champa uh do, do you agree with me or do you disagree with me
0: on the completely the other side. I see Cole winning, um, even though it's quite a 50-50 cut split between the two. And literally, I see Cole winning. and I see him shopping the title over Mainly Weekend. So you've got the whole thing where none of the UE have champions have titles after Takeover Tampa where it gives them the opportunity to then go on to the main roster, be it Raw or SmackDown, yep. be the dominant faction to come in after they've lost the goal. So they're going to the next le- level up to take the goal from either war or SmackDown.
1: Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, but I'm sure you'll agree with me, Ash. Takeover Portland this coming Sunday night is going to be absolutely amazing. Will you be watching live or will you have to catch it the following day?
0: I'll try to stay up live for it. It's dependent if I can stay up for it. Because with Takeover as well, it's not like we have with, like, say, the Rumble for example, or Mania, where it's like seven hours. Well, Rumbles four and a half, Mania is normally five and a half. But Takeover, a normal, is a reasonable time to stay up for two to two and a half to three hours, yeah. possibly to three and a half hours. It's a reasonable time to stay up for.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I have work Monday afternoon going into the evening so I can afford to stay up Monday morning, have a few hours sleep, get up and then go to work afterwards. So uh, I'm quite lucky that my shifts work around um, Takeover Portland quite nicely. So I, I'm going to get my pizza and uh, get me get a bottle of cola and I'll be set for Takeover Portland on Sunday. So that's going to be good. Well, that covers our NXT TakeOver Portland uh, predictions. And Ash, let's get on to some listener questions. Uh, So the first question... Is from uh, some guy you might know quite well. He's been on the podcast a few times. He's an active member of the uh, Wrestling with Johnna's Facebook community page, Uh, Mr. Kieran Reed. um, He asks, book your dream match, a a, a dream card for WrestleMania with current WWE rosters. So um, I'll go go, uh, go first on this one, if that's okay. My my dream Mania card. So some of the matches we do know uh, that we really can't change at this stage, but we also know that Drew McIntyre is going to take on Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship. Um, I think uh, Roman Reigns is going to take on the fiend for the Universal Championship I think it's leading towards Shayna Baszler versus Becky I think it's leading towards Sasha Banks versus Bailey. but some matches that we don't know too much about and I- I'm predicting that um uh, this might not be a, a, you know, a very desirable match at this stage, but I think we could be seeing a, a raw tag team title defence. And I think Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy will defend their titles at Mania against Kevin Owens versus Samoa Joe. I think that could be quite interesting. I'd love to see uh, Jordan Devlin and Kushida go against one another on the Mania card for the Cruiserweight Championship. I think that would be an amazing match. Even as a kickoff match, I wouldn't mind. They've done Cruiserweight Championship matches on WrestleMania kickoffs before. Um, I'd love to see Devlin versus versus Kashida get their moments um, on April the 5th. I think Andrade versus Rey Mysterio um, for a Universal Championship match, but I think an added stipulation of hair versus mask. I'd like to see that. Um, and then... On the other side, on, on the blue brand SmackDown, I'd like to see a fatal four-way match for the SmackDown tag team titles. The uh, New Day versus Heavy Machinery versus Usos versus Dolph and Robert Roode. And I'd love to see Heavy Machinery win the titles there. Um, I'd, I'd like to see the NXT Championship to be defended at Mania as well. And I'd like to see, I mean, I've got it down here and he might not be the champion as we've just discussed, um, but I've got down here. I'd love to see a, a match between Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan for the NXT title. And they had that match on SmackDown. SmackDown. SmackDown back in October when everybody was stranded over in Saudi Arabia. Adam Cole possibly against Daniel Bryan or Johnny Gargano versus Daniel Bryan. Tommaso Champa versus Daniel Bryan. Anybody versus Daniel Bryan. I think that will be great. Um, It's been rumored that AJ Styles might take on The Undertaker, so I'd like to see that. I've already mentioned that Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte versus Bianca Belair is kind of my prediction for the NXT Women's Championship at WrestleMania. Uh, Looking at the Battle Royals, I think um, Keith Lee, I think he should be in there. And I think Keith Lee might win the Andre the Giant uh, battle royal. And uh, I've got three potential picks for the women's battle royal. I think uh, either Beth Phoenix, Nia Jax, or maybe if Bianca Belair isn't in the three-way championship match for the NXT title, then I think Bianca Belair could win the women's battle royal. But uh, Kira's question, book your dream card for Mania then, Ashley. Uh, What have you got down?
0: Uh, I've got... When he, said, when he said dream reigning card, I just literally just scrapped the whole reigning card and just made me own. Oh, wow. yeah, go for yeah. it. So, so literally, uh, I've got Proc Lesnar versus Walter. Because there was, there was rumours for the Rumble that Walter would be number two. And Walter's come out and saying his favourite wrestler in the whole world at the moment is Proc Lesnar. Because yeah. he, he just literally likes how Brock has run himself as a, as a wrestler nowadays. Because he, he likes how he works a limited schedule, and he's literally doing it for a certain. He's doing it for a certain well, at time of the year. And he's literally obviously he's working around his lifestyle as well. I've also got Seth Rollins versus Tyler Bates.
1: Interesting. Yep, yeah, that would be an amazing match.
0: Because <laughs> it, it's it's a match called, I was at a meet and greet where Seth and Becky were at, and you had Mustache Mountain come out as well. And they literally they kind of. Kind of set the little thing, would you like to see this match further down the line? It? So they like, kind of said, Yeah, that, I would like to see it. Um, I've got the club. This is just formed of AJ, Gallows, Anderson, and Finn versus the Undisputed Era.
1: Very good. Yeah.
0: Um, I've got a few other matches. I've got Becky versus Rhea. It, say, a Champions championship, championship match, and I've got a six women's tag team match between with Charlotte, Baden and Sasha, versus the boys and Yoshirai.
1: Very good, yeah.
0: Uh, i will trying to think what else have I got here. I've got... Uh, nothing uh, I've got The Bros Awaits versus The Revival versus DIY versus Imperium.
1: Yeah, yeah. A, have, you got, have you got the Fiend on your card? Ash?
0: Yeah, I do. I have a Fatal Four. I was trying to think, I was trying to go through this. I was trying to think. How the hell can I get him into a match? Well, if I'm building a dream map. that's like, I've got a Fatal 4 away match with Reigns, Brian, the Fiend, and also Cassius I know.
1: That would be really awesome. Yeah, that would be a blowaway match, definitely. Awesome. Uh, any others you got down there to uh, answer Kieran's question of a fantasy card for WrestleMania?
0: So, I've got an idea for the US title having have a ladder match. So, you've got, I can see it, Andrade versus Velveteen Dream, versus Rey Mysterio, versus Angel Garza, versus Kevin Owens, versus Cameron Grimes and Ilya Dragunov.
1: That sounds pretty good. I'd watch that, definitely.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, then I've got, well, quite a hard hit match between two Scots will be Drew McIntyre and Joe Coffey. I know they would have had history when obviously when McIntyre took a brief stint off of um, when he left WWE the first time round When he left there and went on to the indie scenes, especially over in the UK, especially in Glasgow. So he yeah. has been a former ICW champion. So you can see kind of a little backstory that you could build around that.
1: Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, anything else?
0: Uh, that's it really. There's a few uh, other matches, but nothing really off the way kind of matches.
1: No. Uh, any thoughts on the on the battle rules? On uh, kind of who might be in them or who might who might win?
0: Yeah, uh, I could definitely see both Keith Lee and Bianca both winning their respective win uh, battle royals. You, you can definitely see it. So definitely yeah. the performance of Bianca had this year in the rumble. I can see her definitely them using that as good momentum to build into it. But the past two winners have been, like, you've had Naomi win the first one, then you had Carmela win the second one. It's like, there's, like, two people you wouldn't have thought who would have won those Battle Royals, but these ones, like, you kind of, like, have an idea who they might go with, but it's, like, hard yeah. to say sometimes because they literally throw it out the window. It's like, yeah. the first, under the Giant, one, you had Cesaro win it, then the second was Big Show, Third was as weird because you had Corbin when they gave him the slightest the weirdest one has been when Bojo Rawley won the fourth
1: <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm like... still waiting for him to uh, do something with Mojo Wally uh, that's remotely memorable following that victory a few years ago but yeah. uh, yeah, but um, like I say besides the first one, the the one where Cesaro won, I don't think the Andre the Giant Battle Royal has really been that great, to be honest with you. But uh, I, I quite enjoyed it when Matt Hardy won it in 2018. Uh, that that was a good moment, and I think uh, that that was uh, probably because I was there. But um, that yeah. was really good. Let's get on to Kieran's second question then. Uh, what? what's your honest opinion on the botches uh, of uh, ref counts and the the punches in AEW. So uh, um, I'll I'll, I'll go with mine. First of all, I I think that NXT have had their fair share of botches to be honest with you lately. I mean, certainly when you look at the punches or the lack of uh, contact that Rhea Ripley was making uh, when she was uh, in the ring a couple of weeks ago. And this week, if you watch uh, Cameron Grimes in his match, some of his, punches when his opponent was on the floor was not connecting at all and that was that was really blatant so i think NXT oh. could be just as guilty to be honest with you but one thing a AEW have proved that they are listening to the fans they are very receptive to feedback and they uh, you know i've not made many botches over recent weeks but i certainly think you know with some of the botches they made last year with the um, you know what should have been a three count when it was a pack versus Trent Beretta, i think um, off of the, mm-hmm. the Black Arrow and, and one or two others, certainly the, the Dark Order angle where the, the punches weren't connecting to Justin Runnels at all. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm guessing that with that feedback and the amount of backlash they got on social media, I'm guessing that they've, they've briefed their referees, maybe, and I think that things have got a little bit better. And I think you've seen more botches um similar sort of punches anyway on NXT you have on AEW. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it did leave a bit of a funny taste in the mouth when you saw them botches that were kind of circulate in social media from AEW. Um, but, uh, you know, they are still a very young company, so mistakes will happen. Uh, but they are aware of when a mistake happens and they're willing to make improvements. But, uh, I, I know, uh, Mr. Clements, that uh, you've gone on the record once or twice about some of these botches. Um, yeah. uh, uh, certainly about you know the, the tag ropes not being used properly in tag matches and about uh, the, you know, the, the punches and the counts. But uh, give us your thoughts. Um, bring us right up to date on your thoughts on uh, the botches uh, for AEW. Um,
0: with overall, with AEW, obviously, we're saying it's a learning company. We thought, really you had the two high profiles ones last year, especially with the pack one, it's literally, you've literally killed, like, it's when you've done that, it's literally, you've killed that as a finisher now, he can't use that as a finisher, really. Yeah. Then the other one was literally, you'll think know, it was a tag match between Private Party and Santana and Ortiz, where someone missed the queue to actually pull the referee out. The referee just stopped going, looking around, but someone who's pulled him out with no one in sight. Yeah,
1: I remember there's, that as well.
0: There's been a f- that I've noticed the past couple of weeks was I brought up one last week they had in women's match with Britt Baker's literally with the couch going down, you can see Britt's shoulders not clearly down. And it's like mm. it's like yeah, I had a debate and arguments, it's oh it's not one of the things you need to learn, because so the high profile you can think of was a similar one was the Becky situation with Ronda last year at Mania. Where it's yeah. obviously it played out, but obviously, because time right now, so it's, it hurts the big people who are in the match as well. Do that, it's not just down on the referee as well, it's down to the talent as well to make sure that these things don't happen.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, but you know, as we both agree, they are a young company, they are taking feedback on board, they are listening to social media and, and making a uh, mistake, uh, making corrections to their mistakes or certainly uh, not being afraid to take the feedback on board and move forward with it so I've got to praise them for that but um, yeah I think NXT better watch their back because I think they're getting just as much backlash for, for some of their botches recently as well but uh, final question in our uh, listeners question segment and it's from uh, Grizz uh, Grizz is our kind of top of the leaderboard for the two minute brain buster quiz at least for now at least for now but Grizz asks uh, what dream match would you book if you had all the Saudi blood money the Saudi money in the world uh, no wrestler is off limits as long as they are alive. Uh, then he goes on to say the same question, but in this universe we have the ability to raise the dead. So kind of a two-part question there. If you had all the money in the world, Ash, uh, what dream matches would you book uh, for the for the living and uh, for the dearly departed? Uh, go, go, go ahead with your matches, first of all.
0: So I've got three for Alive. I've got Pete Dunne versus Okada. That would be uh, great. Seth Rollins versus Will Ospreay. And yep. Zach Saber Jr. versus Cesaro.
1: Pretty awesome. Yeah.
0: Like that. that. Those are my three matches that I could think off the top of my head that I would like to like to put under any socks or stances.
1: And uh, what about go on?
0: Uh, especially with the Seth Rollins with Osprey, because you had that kind of that the Twitter spat you had last year. Yeah. Because you got kind of a little bit of like backstory to that, that you build a match around
1: yeah definitely um and and for, for the uh for the for those no longer with us um and it, i think i mean in my list it involves um maybe one person that's dead sometimes two people that's dead against maybe a live person but uh, go ahead with your list for for, for the other other end of grizzy's question
0: so I'll, I'll we spoke about this off air because i've got a controversial one so i'll give the non-controversial one to start off with so it's so actually all we've got that with two people alive, but i've added one person to it so, it's Seth Rollins versus Will Osprey versus Eddie Guerrero. Okay. So, I could see that, because especially it's three people who, like, when they were growing up, when they started off their career, they were fairly that light heavyweight, cruiserweight kind of mentality, like, type of wrestler. So, I think yeah. you can have three different kind of backgrounds in the cruiserweight division. One they came up, so it's a quite different kind of match where they can, I could see, they possibly could all gel together.
1: Yeah.
0: And the other one that's controversial is... A match between two probably of the best technical wrestlers, one is live living, one is sadly no longer with us for specific reasonings. It's Sax ever during the face Chris Benoit.
1: That would be a pretty uh, decent match. Uh, two very technical, ground-based wrestlers, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, if those two, you know, who, who would you, who would who'd be the who'd win? Who would win between? <laughs> Uh, ZSJ and and uh, Benoit because that would be an an amazing match really.
0: I I don't know I'll just have them at a a sixty minute ultimate submission match. I think literally, literally I'll just put just go here you go here's sixty minutes here's sixty minutes blow, blow me away and literally I think I wouldn't be able to decide who would win that. Yeah <laughs>
1: well, that would be like minutes. an an Iron Man match I'm guessing.
0: Yeah ultimate submission because that it's a match that. It's a hidden gem that Benoit of Angle had in 2001 at Backlash. Yeah, it's, just a, it's basically an Ironman match, but it's only submissions. So it's basically the first, whoever gets the most submission falls wins. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: any more matches you want to hit us with? Uh,
0: that's the, uh, those are the only two matches that came to mind. And I can't think of anyone else really, yeah. and really into if you give suggestions, I think yeah, that's. Possibly
1: a good shout so, for it. It's I've, I've got um, I've got four matches for for each of each part of grizz's question. So for for the living, um, I'd like to see Randy Orton versus Brock Lesnar. Now I know they fought SummerSlam Oof. four or five years ago but I think um, I'd love to see those two kind of really mix it up. Uh, That's the one, if you remember where Brock Lesnar kind of cut Randy Orton open hard way with his uh, kind of elbow strike. Um, But I'd love to see those two go at it again. Uh, I really, really would. That'd be a dream match for me. Also another match involving Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar versus Keith Lee. We saw a glimpse of it at Royal Rumble. I think that to have a match between those two would be outstanding. I think Brock Lesnar would sell for Keith Lee as well. I think he would sell for him. Um, this is one that a lot of people bring up time and time again, but sting versus the undertaker. I think mm-hmm. you know if there's a, an ounce of possibility that either of them, Um, are kind of match fit and able. I think that that match will happen. Hopefully not on a Saudi Arabia card. If we are going to see it, let's see it on an American pay-per-view, possibly a mania. And then uh, Goldberg versus Matt Riddle. I think that with all the controversy, Matt Riddle is kind of uh, uh, throwing out there, especially towards people like Brock Lesnar, Goldberg. I'd love to see him face one of those and a match between Goldberg and Matt Riddle sometime somewhere down the line before Goldberg uh, is uh, not... Uh, young enough to step through the rope, shall we say. I think that that match has got to happen. And then looking at kind of the, the matches, if I could uh, raise the dead, I'd love to see Eddie Guerrero go up against Angel Gaza. I think those two uh, very charismatic, um, amazing, infectious personalities, both incredible in the ring. I think they are both kind of match each other uh, move for move. Um, but uh, that would be an outstanding match, uh, Mister Perfect Kurt Hennig versus Dolph Ziggler. Uh, two wrestlers very very similar to one another. Um, just thinking about kind of the sweet the sweet drop kicks and uh, the, the bouncing all over the place of one another. Both Dolph Ziggler is kind of like almost a mirror image replica of of a Mister Perfect. Uh, my controversial one is is uh, two. Deerly departed uh, wrestlers, Dynamite Kid versus Chris Benoit. Uh, Chris Benoit grew up idolising Tom Billington, the Dynamite Kid, and uh, modelled his his style on the Dynamite Kid, his wrestling style. Um, And uh, both wrestlers kind of, you know, side by side would look so similar in terms of their physique and their wrestling uh, ability. That would be a great match purely for the wrestling standpoint. Um, And then my final match would be uh, a current wrestler, John Moxley going up against Rowdy Roddy Piper. I think those two would have an amazing brawl um, all over the place. And uh, yeah, I think Roddy Piper, John Moxley would have a a brilliant match and uh, yeah, let's have them have a fist fight, tape up their fists, let him go at it. um, Let him brawl all over the arena. Um, But Roddy Piper versus John Moxley would, would be my uh, kind of top match there. But um, Thanks for all of your listener questions. Don't forget that we're going to be doing a listener's questions segment every single week on the rest in with John's podcast. I'll be promoting it uh, kind of in the run-up to the weekend, but usually from about Thursday, Friday, sending you questions on social media through either at with Johners underscore pod on Twitter. Uh, just search the uh, wrestling Facebook page, wrestling with jonas um, or on Instagram. You can send us a question if you want, um, uh, just at wrestling with John's um, or send us an email, wrestlingwithjohners at gmail.com. If you want to get in touch and send us a question for next week's show. Um, but uh, the final portion of this episode of wrestling with jonas Podcast Ashley Clements is your opportunity to uh, kind of uh, dazzle the nation with your wrestling knowledge, and I've got uh, a list of questions here that will hopefully be enough to see us through the two minutes. Um, So let me get my my, um, stopwatch ready here and my bit of paper so I can mark down how many correct. Uh, questions you answer but obviously this is the return of the two minute brain buster quiz Uh, we did about five or six of these back in 2019 it's making a grand return now Um, and of course top of the leaderboard we've obviously got Grizz with uh, nine let's just have a quick look at the leaderboard as a matter of fact because uh, we started oh back last year Grizz was the first uh entrance onto the leaderboard and straight off the bat he hit us with a nine nine correct uh answers there in two minutes uh then we got who was next i think we had um we had kieran i think who uh, um got uh, three correct answers then we had nick towers on episode 86, who got 7 out of 13. A very good score. Jason Lee Wood um, got uh, 6 correct answers in 2 minutes. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you get 6 or 7, I think that kind of puts you middle of the pack, Ash. And uh, definitely it will be a credible score if you get anywhere near 9 and to challenge uh, Grizzy's 9. That would be amazing. If you can hit double figures, then you're top of the leaderboard, buddy. Yeah. So, no pressure. No pressure. Yeah. Um, And like I said, take an extra second to think about it. Give us a a right answer um, and uh, don't rush your answers. Let me just get my stopwatch ready here then. So, okay. So the two minutes starts when I ask the first question. And that starts now. Who is the current Progress Wrestling Tag Team Champions?
0: Jordan Devlin and Scotty Davis.
1: Ray Mysterio wrestled which WWE Hall of Famer at WCW Halloween Havoc 1997?
0: Eddie Guerrero.
1: Can you name the first ever NXT Triple Crown Champion?
0: Johnny Gargano.
1: What was Bray Wyatt's name when he was part of the new Nexus?
0: I'll have to pass on that one. I can't remember that off the top of my head.
1: Okay. Uh, question five: Can you name the former WWE Intercontinental Champion who has joined the NWA announce team?
0: Oh, Stu Bennett, aka uh, Bad News Barrett, Wade Barrett.
1: Who did PCO beat at Ring of Honor Final Battle to become the new Ring of Honor World Champion?
0: PCO. Oh.
1: Who did he beat?
0: Oh, I have to, I'll, uh, I'll just give a name. Um, Jay Lethal, but... That, no, it's not Jay Lethal. Uh, no, i have to say Jay Lethal. I can see his name, I can't see it now.
1: Okay. Who was Roddy Piper's partner in the main event of WrestleMania 1?
0: Paul Orndorff.
1: Name the venue New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom takes place in every January.
0: Tokyo Dome.
1: The franchise Shane Douglas rejoined WWF in 1995, but under which name?
0: Dean Douglas.
1: Can you tell me the location of next year's WrestleMania 37?
0: Hollywood, California in Los Angeles.
1: How many times did Jushin Thunder Liger win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship?
0: I'll just pluck a number out of the head, say 10. That is two minutes up, Ash.
1: Wow. God. Wow, that was breathtaking. That was really breathtaking. Okay. Okay, let me just regain my composure there. Whew. So you 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 had 11 questions asked. Oof. Okay. Let's go through them. Let's go through them. So you you, you had eleven you had enough there potentially to go top of the leaderboard. I just, just
0: the got co- the answer I just got the answer to being Bray White's question. I was it's coming head after it finished for God's sake.
1: So who is the current progress wrestling tag team Champions? You answered Jordan Devlin and Scotty Davis. That is correct. One out of one, sir. Ms. Dre Mysterio wrestled which WWE Hall of Famer at Halloween Havoc ninety seven. Eddie Guerrero, two out of two. Can you name the first ever NXT triple crown champion, Johnny Gargano, three out of three? Well done so far. What was Bray Wyatt's character name when he was part of the new Nexus? You passed on that one. It was Husky Husky Harris.
0: Yeah, it just came to my head. I was just literally going through my head. It was just, what, Husky what
1: was Harris. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was, it was, he, he was weird because uh, he, he, he was built like a tank but had a Ferrari engine. It was like one of these like, lines.
1: Yeah. It was a weird, weird thing. And he was also on season two of the NXT show as well. And I think um,
0: Cody was four. his mentor, wasn't he? I think Cody oh. was his mentor.
1: I can't remember. I can't remember. But uh, question five, can you name the former WWE Intercontinental Champion who joined the NWA announced team, Stu Bennett? That's correct. So that's four out of five so far. Who did PCO beat at Ring of Honor's final battle to become the new Ring of Honor World Champion? He beat Rush. Rush was the champion that PCO beats to become the new Ring of Honor World Champion. Who was Roddy Piper's partner in the main event of WrestleMania 1? Paul Orndorff, you got that correct. Question 8 Name the venue New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom takes place in every January, the Tokyo Dome. That was also correct. Question 9 The franchise Shane Douglas rejoined the WWF in 1995. Under which name? Do you remember what answer you gave? Dean Douglas. Dean Douglas was correct. Question 10. Can you tell me the location of next year's WrestleMania 37? You said Hollywood, Los Angeles, California. You got everything right there. That's also correct. Question 11, which was our final question. How many times did Juschen Thunderliga win the IWGP Heavyweight, Junior Heavyweight Championship? You said 10. Mm. According to my information, he won it 11 times, Ash. Oh, wow. I know. I know. So let's have a look one two three four five six seven eight correct answers in two minutes that yeah. was amazing you very nearly joined grizz on the top of the leaderboard yeah. there but grizz you're a lucky man if you're listening to this you're still hanging on by a skin of your teeth um, so uh there we go unlucky ash but uh, thank you very much how did you find that brain buster experience buddy
0: uh, it, was, it was interesting, because as I literally said, at the end of it, like, it the Husky just came to head after the finish, because I was going through my head afterwards, it's like, what was his name? Because I can remember, like, Curtis Axel's name was Michael McGillicott. It's like, what was his name? I can't remember his name. It literally came in my head. It's like, there's certain ones, like, as I said, with live, it was live, literally, I just took it over out of my head. I was thinking, high because of how long he's been in Japan for. So I was thinking, okay, it's probably to be a high number, but I won't go too high, so like sixteen. So I thought, go okay, mid range, say ten. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. Ring of Honor is literally, I div and dab out of it, so I wouldn't be able to say who was the champion beforehand. So I was, which is a total guess. Who I was going for that.
1: Yeah, I try to mix it up on this quiz. It's not all about uh, WWE and NXT as much as I'd love it to be. We do kind of cover all bases, but well done. Eight is fantastic. You are second on the leaderboard. That's a score to be proud of, a position to be proud of. Well done. And I'm sure the next time you're on, you're going to go one better as well. But I think that's going to fuel all of the fire under Grizz's backside. And I'm sure next time he's on... Um, he's going to want to better his not just to give a little bit of distance between you and him but uh, there we go and that also brings an end to this episode of wrestling with Jonas Ash so thank you so much for being an excellent guest once again we spoke about NXT NXT TakeOver Portland we spoke about AEW Dynamite we've answered your questions we've done the two minute brain buster quiz I'm exhausted Ash is exhausted we need to go down for uh, for a rest uh, but uh, thank you very much uh, uh, Ashley for helping us out with this episode of wrestling with Jonas uh, podcast can't wait to have you on again in the future buddy
0: no problem Joel always a pleasure to help out hopefully be on soon
1: Excellent, so we'll be back again on Monday with our TakeOver Portland Review show with Mags, now Mags was only on the show last week, he's back again next week, obviously the host of Badlands Podcast Why We Watch Podcast and Five Rounds Podcast but Mags will be back on Monday, we'll be doing our special NXT TakeOver Portland Review then we'll be dropping our Chantal Jordan, the baddest girl on the planet her interview in uh, partnership with Turnbuckle TV on Wednesday uh, so I'm recording that tomorrow, Sunday uh, we'll dropping it on Wednesday uh, so lots to look forward to and another episode of Wrestling with Jonas next Saturday. Um, I can't remember what guest we have, and I'm sure it's going to be another fabulous guest, uh, but in the meantime, please keep it tuned to the Wrestling with Jonas podcast for all of your weekly NXT and AEW updates, WWE and AEW pay-per-view reviews, and so much more, including all the exclusive interviews, like the one I just mentioned with Charlotte Jordan, uh, Chantel Jordan dropping on Wednesday. Uh, so if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please don't forget to spread the word, tell your friends and tell your family. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you can be notified every time a new episode drops and of course we're on uh, all popular podcast platforms don't forget to visit our, our website wrestlingwithjohnners.com for all previous episodes of the wrestling with Jonas podcast our exclusive interviews our exclusive articles links to our social media pages and so much more so uh, there we go have yourself a great weekend have yourself a great week thanks for listening and catch you all again soon